to another episode of the Marvel Masterworks Podcast. As always, I'm your host, and with me is my co-host, Donnie. Donnie, how's it going? What's up, Marvel fans? It's the podcasting machine, the big nerd in green. It's the Emerald Enthusiast here to talk to you about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, and if you can see the, the background behind me, he is no longer the Falcon. Now yes. Captain America, but we'll right. get there in time. And, and we'll get there. But, uh, of course, we're doing episodes, the main bulk of the, the discussion will be episodes four through six, because yes. we did one, one through three a couple of weeks ago. Now, uh, before we get to the good stuff, which is some comic news and then and then the review, Donnie, you know I'm an equal opportunity kind of person. Uh, <laughs> yes. Right? And, and being an equal opportunity uh, individual. Everyone hold I, on to your seats here. Adam's ready to go off. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> when, when, I, when I see stupidity, uh, whether it be on the DC fandom side of the aisle or the Marvel fandom side of the aisle, I feel the need to call it out and, and, and say what is ridiculous when it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, so we know that, 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 you know, on the DC side of things, we, we got the hashtag release the Snyder Cut uh, and, and and which I'm on the surface of not opposed to if done when it was done in a, a, a respectful uh, you know uh, kind uh, open-minded uh, way like the like the specific area of fandom were the ones that, that donated to charity you know I, I fully support that like half of the money they raised when it went to uh, suicide prevention which is great so those people I'm on board and and they got Zack Snyder's Justice League where where I get kind of annoyed frustrated uh, mind boggled is when you have a segment of the fandom that would go underneath every post that Warner Media made and uh, you know release the Snyder Cut or now it's restore the Snyder restore Cut, the Snyder Cut yeah. and, and you know when, when you're being intrusive and idiotic and and like, you know, they're commenting on a Sesame Street post, for God's sakes. Yeah. And it's like, there's no place for that. And when, when they attack executives or, or, or you know, you know when, it, when, they, when, when, it, when there's negative connotations to it, that's when I draw the line. Uh, so, but, but that was on the DC side of things. So, I, you know, I've said my piece on that. Anyway, the Snyder Cut is here. Happy for it. We reviewed it. I enjoyed it. I'm ready to move on. Some people aren't. Say la vie. Anyway. Now, so... The Marvel universe, some segment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe fandom is is taking a similar tack because one of the things that the Snyder Cut movement did to create buzz for the Snyder Cut was, you know, they paid for a billboard that said, you know, release the Snyder Cut, you know, and yes. it was out in LA. Yeah. And, and, and again, a lot of those people donated some proceeds to charity, so, go, you know, Kudos to you. The now, rational, the rational segment yeah. of fans. Yes. So, so the some of the MCU fans, a segment of them, have taken the same idea. The billboard portion. I don't know if they've donated to charity. Now, if they have donated, donated to charity, congratulations, good for you. I, I commend that. But all I know is the billboard. Um, so I'm gonna look it up here because I, 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 I saw it, and I'm gonna do a quick, a quick. Um, a quick thing yeah. it's uh, and it's okay so here it is Br bring it's an event it's okay. a hashtag event and I don't know if it's it's either today 
Um, I haven't blocked the hashtag yet. I should get on that. Uh, so, I, but I haven't seen it today. It's either today or uh, Monday. Uh, okay. And it's it's bring back Tony Stark to the MCU. Um, now, Donnie, Tony Stark had one of the most satisfying story arcs I've ever seen. I would agree. Um, let me preface this by saying, uh, okay, so the actual, uh, so that the event is today, and and the actual hashtag is, and I'm not endorsing tweeting this, but it's bring back Tony Stark to life. So it doesn't actually make any sense. Like, if you want to make a, a proper hashtag, it would be hashtag bring bring Tony Stark back to life. But these these uh, intelligent individuals, and I use that phrase lightly, um, decided to mangle that phrase and write bring back Tony Stark to life. So it makes no sense. Clearly, yeah. going to school was not one of their fortes. Anyway, <laughs> um, so but 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 you know Tony Stark had a very satisfying arc. From Iron Man 1 all the way to Avengers Endgame. And let me preface by saying that Tony Stark, Iron Man, in terms of the MCU, just the live action films and such, was my favorite of the Marvel characters. So you'd think if anybody was pro more Tony Stark, it'd be me, right? Mm -hmm. I do not condone this. The guy, again, had the, uh, the most fully formed arc, I think, to date. In the MCU, the studio wanted to go in this direction. Robert Downey Jr. is okay with moving on. Mm -hmm. He said as much. Let it be. We had, what was it, seven to nine movies that featured Tony Stark? Yeah. In, yeah, you know, in, including the Spider-Man movie. I mean, yeah. there was there was a lot of Iron Man content. Let, make no mistake, the MCU was built on Iron Man. Yes, but that doesn't mean that the Marvel that Marvel Studios doesn't want to move beyond Iron Man to different heroes. I mean, we have two specific projects that are Iron Man related that are going to pick up his mantle. It's Armor Wars with with uh, Rhodey, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, a War Machine. Yes. And now Ironheart, which is you know, going to be a Disney Plus series as well. Yeah. Let the story evolve. Now, had the, had the MCU evolved in a way where they had set it up so that when an actor's contract expired and they wanted to keep using the characters and they just recast like they did with War Machine, right? And they mm -hmm. just said it's the yeah. same guy, different actor playing him. I would be all for more Tony Stark. But that's not the way they've generally done things. Right. You know, Steve Rogers is Chris Evans. He did his series of movies. And now Sam Wilson, as we'll discuss, is taking up the mantle. Mm -hmm. Right. This is how the MCU has done things. There will come a time in 10, 20, who knows how many years, where they'll have some big event and they'll, they'll recast some of these roles, like the Iron Mans, the Steve Rogers, mm -hmm. you know, uh, 
the 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 uh, Bruce Banners. Uh, you know, eventually these roles will get get recast, mm-hmm. but not right now. That's not where we're going right now. So for now, Tony Stark is gone. I don't want to see him revived in the literal sense. I think that would cheapen and dampen the emotional uh, impact and weight of his. Isn't that a regular criticism of comics is that characters die and then they're immediately brought back to life? Yeah. But again, so their deaths don't mean anything. But Donnie, again, see the people that, 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 that fixate on this hashtag, these hashtags, I, I love statistics on how many of them actually read comics. Mm-hmm. That's what I just, that's just an aside. But my, so my point is eventually we'll see more Tony Stark and it'll be recast and, you know, there'll be a reset of the universe and I'll be down for it. Now, that doesn't mean I don't want to see that, that, that Robert Downey Jr. can't make another appearance. He can be a hologram or mm-hmm. the AI of Ironheart. I'm all for that. Yeah. Or a flashback. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But to bring him back in living, breathing, corporeal form, to me, that's the right word, correct? Am I right? Yes, corporeal, yes. To bring him back in that way, to me, would cheapen the fantastic storytelling that we got. And does Robert Downey Jr. even want to do that? See, this is the the thing that angers me about the hashtag movements. You know, this hashtag, uh, make the Batfleck movie, or now bring back Tony Stark to life. You know, Ben Affleck said he was done. He wants to find a cool way to segue out of the role, yeah. i.e., his role in the Flash. Robert Downey Jr. went on, went on, went on. Uh, I think it was Joe Rogan or wherever the hell he went on, and he said, "You know, you never know." But for now, I'm done. Let him be done. If yeah. he, if he decides, if he calls up, you know, Kevin Feige and says, "Hey, buddy, uh, you know, I I decided that uh, that I've got an itch." Is there any way we can scratch it and I can come back? If if he makes that call, then so be it. But this this is ridiculousness, I think. And, no, I, I would agree. And you hit on a great point there. Another thing you have to consider, these actors, not only do they want to stretch their legs creatively, they may not want to keep playing these type of roles yeah. that we know people have gotten hurt playing these roles. These yeah. are physical roles, even with stunt people to do them. Like, I get, you know, this idea that, you know, yes, we're consumers and we can ask for things, but there's a degree uh, to which that is acceptable. Mm-hmm. If the studio has a clear plan of where they want to go, we have to let creators be able to create. It can't just be what we want, like, our, our personal bubble wish list of what we want. That's not the way movie making works. The movie making is not Walmart. I, I like I can't go to Walmart and see you know my favorite brand of ketchup st- chips is not in stock. You know at Walmart I can go to the manager and say hey why aren't you carrying these? And he'll give me an answer, mm-hmm. and I'll have to accept that. Right. Right. So then I make the choice of either I try this new brand of uh, of ketchup chips that I'm being sold or I don't and I move on. Yeah. Well, and let me say, you know, you mentioned Ironheart. That's an important character. If Marvel is going to sustain the success that they have had, they're going to need to introduce new characters that that will connect with younger generations. Like, are we going to have a 60 to 70 year old Robert Downey Jr. running around? Like the ask is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like like it's, it's again, 
these guys at some point want to move on and they're allowed to mm-hmm. like like Hugh Jackman give give fans 17 years of service let him go let him be yeah the only one that can ask him to come back is maybe Ryan Reynolds <laughs> that's it yeah everybody else that's the decision he's made and again I get, you know, some people will say we're consumers, we have the right to ask for things. Yes, but movie making is not Walmart. It's not Costco. Well, I was unfamiliar with this until you told me right before we started recording. I'm sorry recording. That I had to share this stupidity with you, Donnie. No, <laughs> I can't believe that this is something that, that people want. Now, it's nothing against, you know, Robert Downey Jr. or Iron Man. Obviously, Again, I love the character. I love, I love the portrayal. Yeah. I love the character, but it's... <laughs> I'm excited for Armor Wars. Yeah. I'm excited for Ironheart. Yeah. I, I actually... Look, I may not like it, Donnie. I may come out and I say, look, that's come, it stinks. Highly unlikely, but there's a possibility. But I'm going to go and give it a chance. I'm going to give it a chance. And again, if I'm unhappy, guess what I have to do, do uh, what I can do? I can rewatch all the movies with Iron Man in it. And right. better yet, I can read the comics that have Tony Stark in them. I, like I said, uh, you know, again, Marvel obviously had a plan to advance beyond the original Avengers and put new heroes out, new types of characters, new movies. You know, it, people sometimes want to get stuck in stasis because it's what they like yeah. without understanding that progress has to be made. And, and if the studio doesn't do what they want, oh, well, they, they don't have a plan. Or they don't know what they're doing. No, it's just you don't like what they're doing. There, there's a distinction. So, I, I like, Donnie is, is, again, there's a degree to which you can ask for something and then and then you have to accept that it's not going to happen and this is what they're doing. Yeah. But is it me or has the, the, the sense of entitlement within the fandom got out of hand here? No, I, I agree. I mean, that... There's been several hashtags that there's been times when I've posted something about comics where somebody comes along and they post something completely different that has to do with like a oh, movie you mean or restore, restore the Snyderverse. You mean that? Well, one? that's one of them. There, there's some other things that, and again, I you know I liked the Snyder cut. Me I was too. all for that. Yeah. But there's times I've posted about comics that have nothing to do with that, and people immediately post that or they post something else about Supergirl. Or something, and you know, some ship that they want, or something like that. Here's, and an, I'm exa- like, here's an example. Yeah. We're going to talk about the, the the evolution of Captain America. There's been an announcement of another film. We'll get into specifics in a second. Yes. But, and they announced that after, right after, literally almost an hour, you know, the same day as the, as the Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier finale. Good timing. Now, but do you think, now, I, I, I believe this was always in the planning stages. I don't think Marvel did, oh, look how good this is doing. We're going to make a Captain America 4. I think this was already planned in advance of uh, of the finale airing. Well, yeah, if you look this, at This the, wasn't done, well, the fans seem to like this, no, so no, let's no. give them more. Like, that's not how the studios work. Yeah. I mean, you look at the costume, the fact that they're calling him Captain America, yeah. which we will get into, yeah. but... You know, and, and Sam's been Captain America in the comics, so yeah. I think this was the plan all along. Yeah, I don't think this was a spur. Oh, look, the fans, the, the ratings, it's bringing in the subscribers. We're going to do this. It wasn't on a whim. This was part of the plan. Yeah. 
this wasn't oh look 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 at Marvel how much they love their fans by comparison to the, look they do what their fans want whereas DC because they're not giving me what I want don't because that's some of the talk I'm seeing online Marvel and DC have the same objective they look at the numbers what's going to make us the most money that's how they move forward with projects right well and it's like you said in in this pandemic era yeah. The the companies have brought the entertainment to you. These are the Marvel movies. Yeah. Even though these are TV series, yeah. this is no, how the story is going saying, forward. What I'm saying is, they they don't make business decisions on. Well, the fans seem to want this. There's a hashtag campaign. Let's do it. They make decisions on. We think based on metrics and numbers that this will make us money. Mm-hmm. Let's make this product. That's how they decide on what to do. Like. like Hollywood Studios, Marvel, Warner Brothers on the DC side, Disney, whatever you want, however you want to phrase it, they are money motivated. They're not charities. They donate to charities, but they're not charities. They don't just give you what you want because you like it and you hashtag about it. They give you, they they, they put out what they want based on what's going to make them money. It's mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. Yeah. So like, like these again, it's just fandom has gives me a headache sometimes. Yeah. And it's stuff like this with these hashtags and billboards. It's like it's all too much. The again, fandom entitlement has gotten out of hand, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, the, the, and there's there's a lot of fan bases out there. You being a Star Wars fan, Star Wars you, is a no, yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned something about you know any Star Wars movie, and there are people who are you know they're immediately there to attack Disney for the 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 sequel trilogy, or they want to attack the prequels, even if you're not talking about that. So. Yeah, Unfortunately, just, there are some fans who take things too far. It, it, this is the, I, like I don't know. It's it, it gets out of hand, and it makes the, the the fun of being a fan. It sucks. It sucks the life out of things. Yeah. So like I don't I don't know what to tell you. I won't again. My stance has become now in terms of hashtags. Once in a blue moon, you'll see me hashtag. Uh, you know, release the Schumacher cut because. I think that would be a cheap uh, endeavor for Warner Media to do. Relatively cheap. They just gotta, you know, they have the footage somewhere. Mm-hmm. You just have to re, you know, it's re-editing it. Uh, I, I made a hashtag that a couple of times, and the vote for Green vote Green Lantern in the in the you know in the D. But those are the only two. Yeah. Everything else, I'm done. I, I'm done with the, all, all these other hashtags. I've had enough. Just, look. They're going to put out the entertainment. They're going to put out Marvel and Disney and DC. I'm going to give it a shot. Either I'm going to like it or I'm going to dislike it. I'll come out on one of these podcasts, whichever the case may be, and I'll say my piece and I'll move on to the next thing. That's my stance going forward. No, I, I would agree. It's like, you know, I've always told you that I'm looking more towards the future than the past. And yeah. all of these, you know, release this thing, this longer version of this movie and this longer version of this whatever. I... I'm more interested in these things sustaining, you know, the franchises and being vital into the future. So, and if you want to know, if you want to know more about the vote Green Lantern hashtag, you can tune into the Emerald Echo vidcast right here on YouTube. You, you like how I set you up for that unintentionally? Eh? That was good. Eh? That's right. Uh, all right. So knock it out of the park. <laughs> let's move on to fun stuff, not this nonsense. All right. So Marvel Comics has released some uh, their July solicitations. Okay. Um. And there's some really cool stuff coming from Marvel in July that I think we'll have to cover at some point. Uh, yes. Uh, because 
we we had pledged to you know do a balance of of comic talk and movie and TV talk on these shows. Mm -hmm. Yes, and so far the 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 streaming shows have been staggered one after the other after the other that we, we we've been you know covering them fast and furiously not the movies but you know what i mean <laughs> uh, and, and we haven't really got a chance to to break away and do some comic talk but we are going to do that because in may between the only live action marvel we have in may is black widow which we will review but it gives us a chance to also uh, dive into some comic talk which we will um but let's take a look at some of the July uh, comics. Sure. So we have an interesting uh, book, uh, Donnie. Uh, it's called, it's a mini, a five-part miniseries, Amazing Fantasy, uh, number one, kicks off in July. And basically, it's uh, drawn and written by Carrie Andrews. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, I think it's a he, um, but it says, experience these heroes like uh, never before. And it talks about having a Red Room Black Widow, a teenage Spider-Man, a World War II Captain America, the most iconic versions of your favorite Marvel characters from ac across time and space all wake up on an island of intrigue, darkness, and amazing fantasy. Mm -hmm. Are they dead? Are they dreaming? Or have they truly been transported to another fantastical realm? Uh, and is there a, a way for them to return home? Uh, this isn't just a love letter to your favorite Marvel eras. It's a reinvestment in the seminal characters you've always loved, plucked from their quintessential timelines. The art here gives me like Conan the Barbarian vibes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I assume that that's... This is that kind of, like, fantasy imagery. I guess. Mm -hmm. On holding an axe, whatever the axe is. Uh, yeah, I would, I would think so. That, that looks like Yarnbjorn. His, yeah. His, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And name, so he's I'm... holding Cap's shield, but I'm pretty sure yeah. that's Yarnbjorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks like something like out of, out of the friggin'... Uh, uh, come on, what's it called? Uh, Heavy Metal? No, it's like Lord of the Rings meets um, uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm digging this. I, I like, obviously, I'm nostalgic to the, to the title of the book because Amazing Fantasy number 15, or whatever, right? Right. Kicked off For those of you who don't know, that's where Spider Man started. Yeah, see, even I know that. I'm not the historian that Donnie is, but I, I know that. Even this idiot can figure that out. Um, <laughs> But I'm really intrigued by this. It, it reminds me of uh, uh, the DC recently, the, the, the two-part thing, uh, Generations. Or is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generation Shattered mm -hmm. or whatever it was called? Generation yeah. Shattered, yeah. yeah. Similar kind of idea, kind of, sort of. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. I'm going to check this out, Donnie. I definitely want to pick up a few of these. I mean, I'm seeing, you know, the Spider-Man stuff looks very interesting. Yeah, let's talk about... So... so so I think because it's a five parter, it's a miniseries. I mm -hmm. think Amazing Fantasy is something we may cover on this on this uh, on this year show. Okay. Um, so on to the spider spider. I, if I say this, people are going to get confused, but I'm going to do it because it makes sense. On to the Spider Verse area of you know, <laughs> titles. Uh, we have an event, a summer event, starting in July. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's called Sinister War. Uh, uh, it's it's going to be written by Nick Spencer, um, who is the current writer of Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. It's going to be drawn by Mark Bagley, who was a longtime artist on the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. And it's got a cover by Brian Hitch, and oh my God, Brian Hitch can draw the phone book, and I think it's the most fantastic-looking <laughs> phone book in the history of phone books. Um, but um, so basically, the description is: Doctor Octopus is back in comics and in movies, but we'll get to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't in the description. That's just me. It says. Dr. Octopus is back, and the sinister war has begun. And so it says, Ox got a new Sinister Six, and you think he's thought big in the past? Think again. What Ox doesn't know is that Vulture has, i got to read this word very carefully, a sextet of his own, the Savage Six. It's an (laughs) all-out war between two of the greatest villains in the Marvel Universe. And the only person they hate more than each other he is Spider-Man. Oh, poor guy. Uh, so Spidey's, he's caught in the middle of a gang war. There we yes, go. It says Spidey's in deep trouble with the toughest battle that he's ever faced. Um, this this event is going to tie into uh, the Amazing Spider-Man title. Um, the, specifically issues 70 and 71 of that title. Um Donnie, I'm currently reading The Amazing Spider-Man, and Nick Spencer's been killing it. Killing it. Yeah. Um, Again, I think because Sinister War is a miniseries, I think we might have to do a a, a kind of a review on this. Kind of like how we we did for, um, for, um, you know, the the Justice League book I can never name. Endless Winter. Yeah, that's it. so I, I think I think we may have to cover this as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Anytime you can get the classic, you know, team up, the classic villain team involved, I'm I'm on board. Um, well, looking now, at the image here, there's a lot of classic villains. You know, I'm seeing Lizard and Sandman and Rhino and Vulture and Craven and Electro. Yeah, villainy, really. Yeah. Now, Donnie, something that is really, I think, would really sort of uh, uh, entertain and invigorate you. Uh, there's a lot of carnage stuff on this list. Yes. So, why don't you take us through some of this? We've got. Well, one here I'm seeing Extreme Carnage Alpha Number One. And this seems to take place after, I guess, King and Black, which I'm currently reading. But this is going to feature. Some of the old symbiotes from the Life Foundation mm. from the uh, 90s, Scream, Fage, Riot, Lasher, Agony. That, I mean, you know, I'm in right there just for, you know, the reappearances of those. I'm seeing Toxin in the imagery here. And, of course, uh, Agent Anti-Venom. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. You give me a bunch of those symbiotes and I'm in. Those are always so, I, interesting. Are you excited for this, Donnie? Oh, yes. And so, Extreme Carnage Scream. Scream is another character who, if you've never read her, she's extremely underrated. Very interesting character. So this may be something we have to uh, do a, a deep dive into. Yeah. 
I'm sure I will get at, at least those I'll probably go ahead and get in floppy form. A lot of this I'll get later on in like trade or hardcover, but yeah. Yeah. Now, I, oh, I, we, I, uh, a variant cover by Scotty Young on one of these. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we again, uh, like I said, we're pledging to do more comic content. And I know how much the symbiotes are, are, are you know, mean to you. So I, I think we're gonna have to do like a, like a deep dive into those into these kind of things. Okay. Uh, and Venom and you know past Venom because we don't have current Venom because it's over for right now. I suspect that after all this, we're gonna get a new Venom title. Just my 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 educated guess uh, is is my thing. Mm-hmm. One that I'm really curious about, Donnie, uh, is a character. Let me preface this by saying a character that I'm I've always been intrigued by is Moon Knight. Okay, yeah. I've always wanted to get into him. Uh, back when uh, Brian Michael Bendis had a run on the character, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Brian Hitch was doing the artwork. Okay. And I really wanted to read that, but for whatever reason, I, I just ha- hadn't had a chance to pick it up yet. Yeah. So I've had this burning, you know, kind of desire to get into the character a bit more. And then, of course, now we find out that there's a there, there's an MCU Disney Plus series, uh, Moon, Moon Knight, featuring, starring um, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I really got to get in. I, like, I need to learn more about this character. Yeah. And then I and then I read, I read, he was in a recent story arc in Avengers. And I really like that. I don't know if you're caught up on that. No, I'm not caught up on. I I actually have a stack a stack of Avengers comics I haven't read yet. So, but the one that he was in, well, I I really like. So I'm like, damn, you know, I didn't know a new Moon Knight series was coming. But I'm like, after I read that series with him in it, I'm like, man, I really after this, I really want a new. Like I love. He said, I I don't mind going back, but if you look at how many volumes of Moon Knight there's been, that's a pretty darn daunting task. So in my head, I was like, I really want a new Moon Knight series. I love it. And for my birthday, apparently, Marvel's answered my, 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 my call because we're getting a Moon Knight number one. Uh, it's an ongoing series. I bet you that will sell well. Uh, I, I, I certainly hope so. Uh, I'll be, look, right now I only have one. You know how I, how I delineate things. There's a, there's a physical pull list and a mm-hmm. digital pull list. Right. Right now... I have a lot of Mar- most of my Marvels on my digital pull list, with the exception of Daredevil, because you know I've been talking your ear off about that Daredevil series. <laughs> yes, it's it's the best thing since since Alexa Bliss, really. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean that actually. Um, but um, I, I know you want to see this, Donnie. Okay. <laughs> because and and it makes sense here. My 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 mention makes sense because I I don't know if you remember, but a while back. Alexa Bliss wore Iron Man inspired wrestling gear. Remember yes, that? Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. And you know what? You know what happens, Donnie, when Alexa Bliss wears Iron Man inspired wrestling gear? You want to know what happens? She's on the list. <laughs> anyway, speaking of my other list, yeah. my comic pull list, I think I'm going to add the second Marvel title on my physical pull list will be Moon Knight number one, just because uh, just because I'm so intrigued by this character. I want to learn more. I'm fascinated. And so I think I'm going to put them on my, my list. Now, 
so um, um, it says here, um, uh, what does it say here? Why did I miss it? I lost my place. Here we go. Okay. The mysterious Mr. Knight has opened his midnight mission. His people petitioning his people petitioning for protection from the weird and horrible. The Moon Knight stalks the rooftops and Ali is marked with his uh, crescent moon tag, mm-hmm. bringing violence to any who would harm his people. It says here, Mark Spector, in whichever guise he dons, is back on the streets. Uh, and it says, a renegade priest of an unworthy god. But while... Let's see. But while Kanshu languishes in a prison that Moon Knight put him in, that was in the Avengers uh, arc that I talked mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Moon Knight must still observe his duty protecting those who travel at night. I don't All know. Right. I'm, fasc- I'm fascinated, Donnie. Yeah. So, it sounds like I like that supernatural kind of... Kind oh, of, yeah. yeah. Uh, stuff. Uh, so this sounds right up my alley. Also, he's got a... Re- look at that costume. That's very freaking cool. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like I, I actually tend more towards you know characters like that too, who you know mystical, magical, or you know space based, as opposed to the ground level heroes. Donnie, would it be fair to say he's a kind of like a mix of how can I rephrase this? Like a Batman meets Doctor Fate kind of thing. Is you that... could say you could say that he's difficult to categorize. He has he's very unique, so. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, that's but just, that that that's a good as way as any to say it. So that's just something I thought yeah. about in, yeah. in my head. All right. Uh, and so uh, there's also a special uh, apparently because it's Captain America's. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's his 80th 80th anniversary. Yes. 1941. Uh, right. Uh, so there's a miniseries, a five-part miniseries that actually starts in June. It's called The United States of Captain America. Mm-hmm. And it's basically anybody, uh, apparently, and I'm, I'm not caught up on anything Captain America recently, so I don't know when, where, how this happened, but his shield is missing. Somebody stole the shield, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hashtag uh, find the shield. Uh, there's a conspiracy happening. Anyway, <laughs> Somebody stole the shield. All right, Sammy Zayn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 somebody stole the shield. So Cap has recruited everybody um, that has ever uh, taken up the mantle of Captain America to basically go across America and find who and where his shield is. And along the way, we're going to meet in different cities, have their own protector taking up the guise of Captain America. So it's uh, kind of like a Captain America core if you Yeah, sounds interesting. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious by this. Uh and so again, uh I think it's something that we should do something to honor Captain America's uh, 85th, you said? No, I believe it's just 80. 80. 80th anniversary. So I think maybe reviewing this would be a good way to go. Okay. And then one more uh, comic that I'd like to call attention to that I'm intrigued by is the the Avengers. I think it's 46. 
I believe, on okay. the list. Uh, it's uh, b basically they're adapting the World War. They're doing like a World War She-Hulk, which is you know play on words. Oh, from I mean, if that if that's anything like World War Hulk, it'll be amazing. So I'm definitely gonna be checking. I'm I'm checking the Avengers title out anyway, but I, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to that. Those are the ones that I'm looking forward to, and I think. Uh, we're, it looks sounds like we're going to cover some of these, Donnie. Mm -hmm. um, so, good stuff coming from the comics, uh, which is always important to discuss and highlight. Definitely. Well, we've gotten a lot of good feedback on the fact that we discuss not only comic book related movies and TV, yeah. but we actually do comics. So, yeah, I wish we had we we had we we've we've had a chance to do more. Um. But again, because the shows were stacked uh, one by one, you know, right? We we haven't really gotten a break on the Marvel side, but we will. So yeah, Captain America number one was 1941. You actually see this in the series if you've never seen this. Yeah, Captain America number one, 80 years ago, honoring that comic. So so we will definitely be. I, I think covering this miniseries will be a good way to uh, to celebrate Captain America's you know, 80-year legacy. So we'll keep that in mind in June. We'll, we'll schedule an episode. It'll be fun. And uh, I'm also looking for more Captain America uh, comic recommendations because I've only read, really, I have the omnibus of the Brubaker run. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes me to, which I've read, it goes all the way through to Fallen Sun. Okay. Um, so I'm looking for Captain America recommendations. So if any listeners or if you know of anything, Donnie, that you think I should check out, uh, any viewers, listeners, send them my way because I'm very uh, interested. Well, I used to read Cap back in the 80s. I can tell you a few of the runs that I like. Uh, and I can also tell you about it's not Captain America per se. It's uh, one of the side characters. There's another comic I'm going to mention when we get into the TV episodes here that I like. Cool, so. cool, awesome! I can't wait. I'm looking at, like I said, I'm, I definitely want to read more of Sam as Cap, also because obvious reasons. But yes. you, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to recommendations. But that's all the comic specific news we have. Let's dive in episodes four to six of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Donnie, take it away. Where are we? We are on episode four. The whole world is watching. And, uh, yeah, this um, really powerful episode here, uh, it opens up in Latvia, and we see that, uh, or is this the episode, wait a minute, where was the episode that we saw the flashback with Bucky? Maybe that was this one, which was actually, I want to say, my favorite moment. Um, yeah, I know I that, that we, yeah, okay, so episode three ended with Io showing up in Latvia, and telling Bucky Barnes that the Dora Milaje was there to get Baron Zemo. Yeah. 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 That's how they, yeah. Yeah. So, no, this is the one that we see the flashback. And I've got to say, I think this was my favorite moment in the whole series. It was incredibly emotional to see Io um, reciting the, you know, the code words that would activate the Winter Soldier programming within Bucky. And... You see him see all these 
images in his head of all these horrible things yeah. that he had done. But he starts to cry, and she says, "You're free." You know. Yeah, they're almost trying to exercise. It's like an exorcism kind of thing. You know, I actually thought thought about that, and, and I'm not going to get too deep into this, but for anyone who has some kind of religious faith, you know, you're confronting the worst part of yourselves if you have some kind of you know religious epiphany, and you can see that in Bucky. This almost paralleled that of you know him confronting those yeah. his history, and then yeah. her saying, "You're free." Yeah. Very emotional. I thought it was great. And, you know, you know, I talked about Iron Man's arc throughout this whole MCU. Also, uh, sorry, uh, Bucky has had a great arc, I think, as Mm -hmm. well. Fantastic. And, And this is just like you see how much the weight of what he's done weighs on him. And how he's trying desperately to, uh, Atone. Atone for yeah. What Sam he's done says. Past, yeah. Sam says it right. Up until this point, he's been avenging, yeah. which is kind of a nice play on words. But I uh, yeah. And anytime we get to see more of Wakanda, I think is a great. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I didn't plan this, Donnie, but look what I'm wearing. All right. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So uh, I didn't plan it, but there it is. I mean, I need a new. I need a new Captain America. Uh, sure, but but because uh, I used to have one. Remember when Civil War came out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a, a team. Even though I was at, at one stage Team Tony, I had a shirt that said yeah, Team Captain America. But you know, me enjoying to eat, uh, the shirt no longer fits me properly. So <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with. That. I need I need a new Captain America shirt, David. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so no, I uh, signed me up for more Wakanda. Uh, I, I, I loved, I, like, I love the interconnectivity of that, yeah. and really, sort of calling back his because we know he he sort of um, recuperated on Wakanda for its for a time being. Right? Yes, so. for yes, for a number of years, and that's what you know. That's that's why there is you know such the connection there with uh, with Wakanda and Bucky. Uh, I mean, that's you know not only did he get. Then he get the programming taken out. That's where his arm came from. So. Now, Donnie, do you ever think? Do you think that they will ever, will ever, because uh, they call him the White Wolf? Mm-hmm. Do you ever think in the movies he'll take up that moniker simply because he wants to sort of get away from the Winter Soldier? It's interesting. He could. I don't exactly have a frame of reference for that. There might be something really recent, but in the comics, White Wolf is actually. Black Panther's adopted brother and uh, Hunter. So different in the comics. So I don't know exactly know where they'd go okay. with this. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure because they've called him that several times, and I'm like, hmm, is that a moniker that he could take on? I got, I, I, I don't know. Um, it could be, but Bucky seems to have something big that develops towards the end of this. So I, I, I like the fact that he calls himself. Uh, I think there's an advantage to going by the Winter Soldier, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because it inspires fear, so you can you can use that fear to your advantage. Mm-hmm. And then, and then when you have you know your adversaries scared out of their wits, you know. So even though he's trying to be a better person, you can still use the fear that that moniker inspires to help you out in your quest, much like Batman, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, he yeah. did that in this series. Right, yeah. Which you know, is, he posed as the Winter Soldier for a right, while. So, which is yeah. what he can continue to do yeah. to achieve his, you know, his ultimate goal. Yes. So there's an advantage to, to remaining the Winter Soldier. But, yeah, okay, take us, where, where do you want to go through next? So, uh, anyway, what I was saying is, uh, again, we're back on the streets of Latvia. And, uh, Wouldn't it have been cool if it was Latveria? I just... Yeah, <laughs> I thought the same thing. But, yeah, so Io, she's told, she's told Bucky that he and Sam have eight hours to finish what they're doing because after that, the Dormelage is going to come and collect Baron Zemo. Yeah. So, um, yeah, now Zemo is helping them find Carly Morgenthau, uh, the head flag smasher. Yeah. And that's that's why they're there. And they're trying to get that done before the Dora come back and collect Baron Zemo. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a, a lot of great acting here. And I really like how kind of tight that was with the, the Dora showing up. And later on, they would show show up again. And uh, yeah. And uh... yeah. Now, again, uh, you know, I want to get into this. I don't want to belabor this point. I still don't like Baron Zemo. I still don't like where they've gone with him here. Yeah. And every time that I, I thought that there was going to be a point where the character would take that turn to villainy, it, it always disappointed happens, me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's Baron Zemo has been my only major disappointment for this series. Now, I'm, I'm aware that a lot of people like this version of Baron Zemo. By all means, go into the comment section and tell me what you like about this character. But for me, I'm like, there's no adhesive X. You know, he's not as skilled. You know, we never see him use a sword or some kind of edged weapon. Yeah, we don't fight at all. I don't even, yeah. uh, well, he there was that one scene where he was wearing the mask, and, and he does use guns, but we never see him get disfigured. All the things that I would, would have expected Baron Zemo to be, or at least the version of Helmet Zemo to be, we don't get to see any of that, and for me, that's been a disappointment. So fair enough. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I, I, yeah. I'm in agreement with you. So yeah. Yeah. And you know, and he's got some uh, dance moves that are entertaining to people, though. A lot of people seem to like that. I did not, but a lot of people did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, him, him, and him, and uh, I think Marvel should make like one of those. Uh, you know how they're, they're doing like uh, the Groot series with like mini kind of episodes. Yes, kind of thing? Yeah. They should do one where it's like they re- they recruit um, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker, Star Lord, and Zemo, and have them just dance. That yeah, could yeah. be an episode. <laughs> exactly. Oh uh, yeah, but uh, you know, and so what we see in this episode here, one of the things is that Sam is able to eventually track down. Um, Carly, and that's at the um, the the funeral for her adopted mother. Yeah, and he's trying to reason with her, and I really like that. Yeah, that part of his heroism is that it's not just going in, you know, fist and fury and trying to punch yeah. everything. It's, and he even says, "I understand your point of view." Yeah, and I just don't understand your methods here. I don't understand what you're trying to uh, achieve here, but mm-hmm. I understand you know, your dissatisfaction with all of a sudden, you know, the world going back to the way it was mm-hmm. as opposed to the cooperation within the time frame of the blip. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, I I, I I like that he tried to reason with it because you could, like, you can understand her point of view very easily. You know, there are yep. things that she does, 
where it's going about it, going about getting changed the wrong way, but her reasons for doing so are understandable. Very much so. And it, it's really been a stroke of brilliance from Marvel Studios because in the comics, there's Carl Mor Morgenthau, the Flag Smasher, who is an anti-nationalist. So have they have they have they gender bent or is this like a dog? Yeah, they they've just gender flipped her. As far as I know, she's not okay. his child or anything. Okay. But they've worked it in perfectly here because obviously the anti-nationalist motivation from the comics works perfectly here. Yeah, oh for sure. Yeah. So Falcon tries to reason with her to, you know, try to stop her from being on this collision course with, you know, him and Bucky. And we see Walker and Battlestar, they crash the party before he's able to actually achieve anything, uh, achieve anything with her. And that's when things take a very negative turn. And, of course, there's a, a big fight there. And then the Dora, they, the Dora, they do show up. And uh, things oh, get yeah. That, that <laughs> fight was awesome, man. Yeah, uh, that 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 was amazing. I really like the line where uh, what did he say? Uh, Walker said, "Yeah, they don't have any jurisdiction here." And she's like, "The Dora Milaje, we have jurisdiction wherever we yeah, wherever feel we like are, it's necessary. Yeah, yeah exactly. wherever we are, we have jurisdiction." And I love the fact how she's like, like basically she took. Bucky's arm off temporarily. Yeah, and, she, and, she disarmed him literally. Yeah, yeah, and then and then that's the king of all dad jokes right there, buddy. Uh, and then when she when she flipped up the shield and caught it, dad, yeah, dad joke yeah. magic. Yeah, when she flipped up the shield and caught it, like she just owned that. And basically, she's like, "This is our this is our tech. We made this this crap." Mm -hmm. like, yeah, check yourselves at the door. Without us, you wouldn't have an arm, and you wouldn't have a shield. Well, Aya was actually the one who said, you know, she told the other uh, Dora Milaje member whose name is escaping me right now. She said, leave it. You know, don't take the shield with you. But uh, that whole right, thing but was... the yeah. idea of, look, look, look who... This really belongs and We made this. Right. We, we gave it to you, but but let's, let's be real. Whose technology yeah. is behind it, right? Yeah. So at this point, Zemo escapes and he goes after Morgenthau. He's shooting at her. And she has a bunch of the vials to recreate the super soldiers, and she drops it trying to get away from him, and he proceeds to smash all of them except one, and then he's KO'd by Walker, who then takes the vial and puts it in one of his pockets, and we know how that's going to go. Oh, of course. Yeah. So uh, that was another opportunity. I was hoping, you know, maybe Zemo takes it at this point, that disfigures him or whatever. Yeah. Didn't happen, so I should stop setting myself up for disappointment, I guess. So, or or you can do a hashtag thing. Oh, but <laughs> yeah, hashtag, hashtag disfigure Zemo. I don't know. I, well, okay, yeah, no, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna be immature about it. Come on, but, uh, I mean, when, when you gonna spurge for that billboard? Come on, oh, a billboard, okay, yeah. I'm sure everybody in the town where I lived, which was a lot of trees around me and stuff, would just love that. Um, so after Zemo recovers, uh, Walker and Battlestar, they break in and they demand that now they take Zemo. And uh, so then I get a couple of uh, scenes kind of mixed up here. But anyway, 
Um, this is where business uh, really picks up. And um, I guess I am in the right place here. So Carly calls Sarah after all this happens and threatens Sarah's children. She's like, if Sam doesn't show up for this second meeting and this time alone, maybe we need to have a meeting where you are, you know, basically threatening her with the flag smash. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. That and, and again, that's you know pretty villainous there. So oh, for sure, the flag smashers are reluctant villains because you know they're convinced that they're right. Yeah, but you know what? A lot of great villains think that they're what they're doing that they're the hero of their own story, right? Well, and you know what? And that's a good way to put it because as this progresses, she you know she becomes so convinced that she's right that she yeah. starts to think. The end justifies the means, regardless of what those means may be. Yeah, yeah. Even if it means hurting and killing people in the process. Yeah. So, um, during the second meeting, again, Walker shows back up, and we see after a few feats that he does that he has taken the serum at this point. Mm, yeah. And uh, brutal battle. Uh, again, multiple characters fighting here. Uh, call back to uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. We see the knife fights, which were expertly executed. And as things go on here, um, Battlestar jumps in as Walker is almost killed. Uh, he's almost stabbed. But then Carly knocks Battlestar into a column, which breaks Battlestar's neck, and he dies instantly. Yeah. And... That's where Walker just kind of goes off the rails. He, he loses it. Yeah. Loses it. And I like that they set this up with the conversation that Battlestar and, and Walker had about would you take the serum, you know? And there's the back and forth debate of, you know, I hear it does, it could mess you up. And then he, he goes like, yeah, but take the risk because, you know, you could do some more good if you, yeah. you accomplish more with the serum. So they already kind of planted the seed for him to kind of lose it. Yeah. With that conversation, which I well, like, yeah, said, that's what, you know, Hoskins said it just makes you more of who you already are. Yeah, which in yeah. Walker's case is that's not a good thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> at yeah. least at this point in his life. Right, so, yeah. so uh, this episode ends with Walker going after one of the flag smashers, and as the world watches, and uh, this is fun too. That's kind of a callback to the Black Panther movie. You remember when Black Panther captures Claw? And uh, Nakia and Okoye intervene, and they're like, yeah. you know, people people are watching. You can't do this, King. Yeah. There was nobody there to do that with Walker. He yeah. just uses the shield offensively and kills the guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. And so then we see the the blood streaks on the shield, which was a really powerful image. That, so, was, that was the most serious, darkest thing I've ever seen so far in the MCU. Yeah, it, it really was. And, I mean, Easy. and there's a lot of... Not to get too deep in it, but there's some there's a lot of political kind of social commentary here too. Of with the first Avenger, you saw kind of the positive spin on patriotism. Yeah. With this, you see where patriotism can turn into extreme nationalism yeah. or yeah. jingoism and become dangerous, and yeah. that's what we're seeing played out here. Yeah, I agree. One hundred percent. That was the end of episode four. Uh, what an episode! It ended on such a powerful image. Such a striking, shocking image. Mm -hmm. I, I I love this episode. Uh, it's a uh, 
it's an absolute winner from start to finish. Mm-hmm. So what would you rate it? On a scale of five, I'm going to give it a 4.5 just because the only negative being I, I really didn't like, the, again, the part that Zemo played. Other than yeah. that, awesome. I mean, so. I, I don't I don't have that overall investment in Zemo that you do. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'd like him to be more villainous and more, you know, like the comic. But again, it's not a make or break for me. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a full five or A plus, whatever you want to, however you want to. Uh, yeah, I I, I, de- I definitely can see your point of view. I mean, it really was, that last scene really was shocking. I mean, we, we don't see a lot of, we see action in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We don't see a lot of gore. Yeah, this, so, this was brutality. Right. Well, it's like we said, in many ways, this is the opposite of the, of WandaVision. And that was illustrated there. So, yeah. So, episode five, entitled Truth. And we see Walker running away from the scene where he was just at. And we see him kind of thinking about what he's just done. And he's confused. <laughs> and uh, it, it made me think about, you know, the callback to uh, uh, the first Avenger when Abraham Erskine, you know, asked Steve Rogers you know, are you here because you want to kill Nazis? And Roger said, I don't want to kill anybody. I just yeah. don't like bullies. Yeah. And here we see the other side of that, that, you know, John Walker is somebody for whom having this weaponry and now having the serum turns him into something very dark. Yeah. And so Bucky and Sam, they show up and uh, where Walker is, and uh, they basically try to talk him down. And they try to talk him into giving back the shield, and it does not go well. So yeah, what did you, you think about talk, <laughs> You can't talk that guy down, uh, first of all. And I like that you said the, the contrast between Steve Rogers get, with the serum and, and his approach to to Walkers. It really under you know it really hammers home the point of what a special human being the character Steve Rogers is, mm-hmm. right? Right. And Zemo even says that he was like, you know, there. He he said something about, you know, that if you're on the road to being a super soldier, it makes you a supremacist by yeah. a supremacist by default. And I believe it was it was Sam or Bucky that said, well, what about Steve Rogers? And Zemo was like, well, touche. Steve Rogers is special. Yeah, Bucky, is, he, Bucky is special. So he's the exception to the rule. Yeah. Right. Right. So. Um, Sam basically he tries to, to calm Walker down and basically you know and says it was in the heat of the battle, yeah. but it erupts into a fight because obviously Walker is having none of it, and there is a lot of great fight choreography here. I mean it, it you know oh, it, yeah. it, it, it's in kind of this abandoned warehouse, and uh, Walker is playing for keeps. I mean there he's not taking it easy on yeah, yeah he's not the at all. like it's not it's a different kind of fighting than Civil War. Yes, where. In Civil War, you know that they didn't really want to do mortal damage to each other in the yeah. airport scene. You know, they're not trying to kill each other. Yeah. Walker is trying to kill here. Well, well, obviously, you know, not only does he rip Sam's wings off, he holds the shield in the same position, that, like, murder position that he used in Episode 4. And uh, Bucky's <laughs> able to intervene at the last second, but, you know, it looked like Walker was ready to commit murder again. Yeah. So eventually they're, they're able to 
I got to say it here. They're they're able to tag team Walker. They knew, uh, yeah. <laughs> including, they knew they would be impressed. Yeah, including the, <laughs> they're, they're able to take away one of his arms. They're able to break one of his arms. And then they hit him with a move that would have definitely would have gotten the WWE tag team titles at WrestleMania. It, it's kind of like a, it's kind of it's not like <laughs> it's a, it's a flying clothesline, but with, with your feet. Yeah, <laughs> it was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I can't call that a drop kick. I can't call that a, a clothesline. It's somewhere in between that. Yeah, but and on top of that, you see a lot of like metaphors here as the shield kind of flies around from person to person and at one point it's dropped in the middle of sam and walker and they both kind of you know run towards it and so you see you know uh, you know kind of that imagery of you know the mantle of captain america being you know yeah yeah, being you know uh, vince mcmahon would have a field day with that kind of a match imagine (laughs) he put he put it on a ladder (laughs) he'd do that with Uh, the super serum too he'd be like all right who wants to yeah uh okay so after all this is over we see bucky uh he's talking to torres excuse me we see sam and bucky talking to torres um bucky says he's going to take care of zemo they talk about carly being on the run sam takes the shield but he leaves the wings with torres who by the way is a very likable character yeah i agree yeah so we cut to washington dc where walker is being chastised in front of a council and they're telling him you will no longer act uh, in any capacity as Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. They say, you know, we're stripping you of your title. We're stripping you of your authority. And uh, he says, uh, you know, I- I'm only what you made me. You know, and he looks at him and he says, I am the Senate. Yeah. And I'm not just kidding. That's something else. Anyway. <laughs> um, but he he. It's an interesting concept to think about a soldier, you know, uh, pondering all the different aspects of being made into a weapon, not just holding a weapon. And so he's, you know, instead of pulling the thumb, he's pointing the finger and saying, you were the ones who made me this way. And and it's kind of an interesting larger question, you know, conversation to have because somebody having that general perspective just in real life, you if they had that, you couldn't fault them for having that perspective. Like, imagine somebody in the army going over there. They they are, in in a sense, a weapon, right? They, 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 I mean, yeah. so somebody could have that perspective, and you wouldn't fault them for having that. So, interesting topics being broached here in the series. Well, yeah, a lot of very, a very deep. You know, questions, and a lot of things so that are... Yeah. I, I see some people criticizing, oh, this show is too woke. And it's like, it's a Captain America-related show. Did you not think they were going to have political, you know, <laughs> conversations? Like, like, hello? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the simple fact, Captain America started, you know, as, as that, you know, he, uh, Captain I mean, America... The Spider-Man was, show, I, I get it, you know. Yeah. It's a different, different ballgame, but we're talking about <clears throat> Captain America's universe. We think it's... It's going to get political. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, there, there's no way around that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, Walker goes out into the hall and he is met by Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, yeah. who just said, call me Val, but don't say it out loud. Yeah. Um, that played, was by, a- played by Seinfeld alum to, to call <laughs> back to one of my old calls. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, who of course was Elaine. Yeah, was Elaine. Uh, yeah. Imagine if her and Zemo both started doing their dance moves. That would have been a disaster. Because remember how Elaine. <laughs> oh, no. And then throw Sami Zayn in there with his dance moves from yeah. last night on <laughs> Oh boy, it's been a real. And I, I gotta say this: my wife even brought this up. Julia Louise Dreyfus does not look that different than she did on Seinfeld, which was no. what twenty-five years ago. Yeah, not really, not that much different. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She so she has not aged very much. Um, I do know a little bit about this character. At one time, I, I want to say it was the late sixties. The character yeah. was um, a member of, of Shield. Oh. But yes, and then later on, though, it's revealed, and this this was like in the last 15 years, it was revealed that she was actually an operative for Hydra. Oh. Yeah. And so I, it seems to me that that's where they're going with this character. She definitely doesn't seem like a heroic character. Yeah, because you can see her planting the seeds in, in recruiting uh, Walker. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah. Now, my question is, Donnie, I know it'd be slightly different to the comics, but could, do you think she could be the orchestrator of like a Dark Avengers team? Oh, that's possible. A lot of people have been talking about that with Cause, Walker cause, on cause the I, I, I know, I know that's typically Norman Osborn's job, mm -hmm. but as of yet, we haven't seen Norman Osborn. So, right. yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you definitely could be right. Walker obviously could be the Captain America analog, and then. The rest of the roster would have to fill out accordingly, but but I, I gotta believe that Marvel's building to that at some point. Mm -hmm. No, I would agree. I, I definitely see that as an option. Yeah. So back in the show here, we see that Carly and the Flag Smashers they go back to her base. They see that the base was raided. Obviously, she escalates. At the same time, we see Bucky finds Z uh, Zemo at a Sokovia Memorial statue. And he and Zemo have a conversation, and Bucky puts a gun in his face, which, which you know, very interesting here. Yeah. Again, I was a little disappointed because Helmet Zemo in the comics, it's somebody, you stick a gun in his face, he's going to cut your hand off. Yeah, exactly. This version, he just kind of stands there and, and is willing to take it, and then we see that the gun's unloaded. But, it's, but it, I think the interesting part of that is the fact that Bucky, who's the one who broke him out, has reached the breakout of like, okay, I've had enough of you. Like, like I'm done. You it's know? interesting development for, for Bucky, not so much for Baron Zemo. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and so then the, the Dora Milaje, they show up again, and uh, they do take Bucky, and they take him to the raft. Yeah. Which is, you, we saw the raft at the end of Civil War, Captain yeah. America Civil War. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, and I didn't didn't Io tell Bucky at this point not to come to Wakanda? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think she tells him that too. So that that should be interesting. Although, again, we've got you know some other things that that uh, Bucky's going to have on his plate here. Um, then the scene cuts to Sam going to talk to Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. And if you want to talk social commentary, political commentary. You can't get away from it here. I mean, this is some really deep stuff here. Yeah. And, you know, Isaiah starts talking about the long legacy of abuse against not just black soldiers, but black people yeah. in general by America. Yeah. And it's interesting 
you know, to see somebody who, by the way, you know, he talks about how he basically freed his regiment. He did the same thing Captain yeah, America yeah, did yeah, yeah. in the first Avenger, only he got locked up and experimented on, whereas whereas uh, Cap was a hero. You know, Steve Rogers was a hero. Now, did he get... Did he get... Because there's a lot of... He, he got experimented on with Super Soldier Serum because there's a lot of talk. You know, Bucky hits, or Simon said, you could have been the, 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 the Captain America, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, uh, and he said, they'll never let a, a black man be Captain right. America. In, so, in, in fact, the full quote, which was, it, yeah, again, very profound. He said, they will never let a black man be Captain America. And then he added, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's interesting how he did the same thing. And yeah, they were going to, they were, they were experimenting with Super Soldier Serum, but they didn't ask his permission. And uh, I'm assuming, judging by his scars, they didn't do it very humanely no so and he also said that he was in prison for 30 years so you yeah. see the uh, again the contrast between the way steve rogers was treated yeah. and the way steve Isaiah rogers got a drink got a drink in a conversation with with dr erskine and, yeah uh, not 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 so much the other on the other side of the side of the aisle yeah so, so yeah. yeah i mean and again you know uh, you have to expect that uh, you know this as we said when when you're dealing with these characters, you know they they don't go at it. They go at these characters in a, a very nuanced way. Yeah. See, and this is where I, I get I get aggravated because for all the fans that complain that the MCU is just fluff and popcorn and, and blah blah blah, and then they get some you know they get something like this, and then you still have a segment of the of the of the of the of the, of the fans saying it's too woke. Well, well, what do you want? <laughs> yeah so I, I don't get these people but yeah, yeah. No, no matter what they do you know, I, I thought it was great and 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 the, the the acting was just top tier it was incredibly powerful i mean you know carl lumley is He's got, I mean, oh my goodness i mean you know it, who can argue with the one time martian manhunter yeah <laughs> martian manhunter's dad too yeah. um yeah manhunter yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's just, he's absolutely amazing. So, um, then the, the, did you, did you say you, there was a comic you wanted to recommend here? Was this the moment? Is this the, is this the segment that you wanted to mention? Uh, not necessarily, but okay. I, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. You know, uh, again, going back to Baron Zemo, um, a very nuanced character himself. Eventually there was a, a comic series called born better. I believe okay. it was four issues. And, uh, he basically ends up traveling through time and meets a lot of his relatives. And you see that he's advancing beyond just being, you know, a mustache twirling villain. Okay. Uh, he, he does have some problems with his family's legacy. Okay. But at this point he had been in the comics for decades and a lot of things had gone, you know, uh, okay. had already happened. Like him trying to drop Captain America in a vat of boiling adhesive X, you know, again, he, not- he tries to do that in this story. Not in this story, but he had tried to do that before. So oh. I wouldn't have nearly the problem of Zemo advancing to this stage had they already showed him coming from a different place to where he develops from okay. a villain as opposed to just somebody who's upset about what happens in Sokovia. Okay, cool. Yeah. So anyway, 
Worth checking out, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Born Better, yeah. It, it's a, yeah, great, great comic. Is it um, Captain America Born Better, or is it? No, it's, it's uh, Baron Zemo is the main character in that. Okay, Helmet so just Zemo, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you and you actually see Baron Zemo confront his father in that too, which is really which okay. was the other Baron Zemo, Heinrich Zemo. So okay. yeah. So Dawn of so Heinrich versus uh, Helmet. You know, yeah, Dawn yeah. of Dawn of Zemo. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. This is why I enjoy these podcasts. Now, if yeah. now see if because one is the wife and to one he she's the wife. And one is she's the mother. If they say that name, will the, does the fight stop? I don't. <laughs> it, it's been a while since I read it, but the the mother wasn't there that I remember. Right, but um, if they mention yeah. the name, they both have a common stake in that, so they, you know, the fight could stop. Right, could stop. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I couldn't help it. I couldn't. <laughs> uh, the mother's name is Zartha. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Anyway, by the way, did you like that video I sent you earlier? I did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's um, the best use of a Batman action figure. I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, good lord! Yeah. So, um, <laughs> uh, things go back to uh, Sam and his sister, who um, they're trying to fix up the boat to sell it. Yeah. And um, eventually, they decide to hold on to it. I think. And yeah. yeah. And I really like this because instead of calling, you know, uh, Bucky does show up, by the way. But when Sam says he's going to call in a favor, it's his neighbors. Yeah. And I really like this because you see that it's not just like, you know, superheroes who are being heroic here. Regular people, yeah. It's regular people. They all show up in Sarah's time of need, the Wilson family's time of need. Back you see them show up. This is a nice reminder of a couple things: when people could congregate, and when <laughs> and when neighbors actually talk to each other, mm-hmm. as opposed to now, who who really sees their neighbor, you know? Yeah, exactly. Mister Rogers would be so disappointed. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of now, here's the big thing for Bucky. Bucky shows up and he does help Sam. But he starts to flirt with Sarah. Yeah, man. Bucky likes Sarah, and Sarah seems to like Bucky back. And, and Sam <laughs> doesn't like it. And Sam gives him the stink eye because he sees it at one point. And he's like, "Hey, <laughs> stop, stop, leave my sister alone." Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Typical brother so, reaction. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I see the uh, you know the the big brother talk coming some point in the future, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, let's see. Where are we here? Um, Did they have an exchange with the shield? Well, the- there, yeah, there was kind of a training montage towards the end here. Both of them kind of, you know, using the shield, uh, talking to one another about, you know, Steve's legacy and what does the legacy of the shield mean now in a more modern setting as opposed to what it meant you know not only 10 years ago or nine years ago whatever with the avengers but what it meant in world war ii things are different now the world is different now um so uh by the way mackie is in amazing shape you know i saw a video of him challenging it was either an army soldier or a marine to a one-arm push-up contest 
during like one of their promotional tours, and Mackie won. Wow. He's the, the guy is an amazing. Yeah, yeah, he 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 definitely bulked up for the role for sure. And, and some of those those flips that were being done and stuff, I don't know if there was a stunt person helping him or not. But when, when I was yeah, looking, it is at, it's impressive. Uh, Spider Man would be proud. So I, I I thought the same thing. I'm like, you know, yeah. So uh, cut to a scene in New York. We see the upcoming council meeting to vote on the Patch Act, and we see Carly meet with Batrock who um, he's just there to get revenge on Falcon. But yeah. now Carly, she has more firepower and we know it's about to go down. And then we see the post credit scene and we see that Walker isn't done either. Even though he doesn't have the shield anymore, he's fashioning his own. Yeah. And I like the way the hammering kind of echoed Tony Stark creating the Mark I, you know, the Iron Man suit. Mm -hmm. That was kind of cool. Um, but also, um, um, but, but also, this is the episode where, where um, Bucky asks Dora Milaje to, to do him a favor. Yes. And that favor is and we see, yeah. yeah, we see that favor manifesting at the beginning of episode six. Yeah. So, so before we get you, into that, what, what did, okay. you, yeah. what'd you read? Oh, I'm going to give this one a five. I mean, yeah, it, it was yeah. perfect setup. Yeah. So, uh, your, yours was a five too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. So episode six, one world, one people. Mm. And we immediately see the big payoff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that you know that that's what the the flag smashers have been saying. Yeah. And uh, of course, the flag smashers they are trying to disrupt the vote. And who shows up? But Sam Wilson, Captain America, in his Captain America outfit, and you can see right behind Adam's head there. That is the the costume. If I turn, if I turn you, this way, can you see it? Yes, I yeah. I can see it. That's got to be one of my favorite on-screen costumes. Oh, I just thought it looked gorgeous. It looks incredible. And I loved yeah. it with the wings. Uh, the wings, it's just, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's, you know, I'm okay if a live-action, you know, adaptation takes liberties mm -hmm. uh, with a costume. Like it does. Like they don't have to be a hundred percent comic accurate for me to say, "Oh my god," you know, I love it. Or and if it's not, I I hate it. You know, I'm I'm not that kind of fan. But when you see it like this, and it's comic accurate, man, does it look amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love I lo like his debut where you see him flying around. Like it's it's in like in shadow. You don't see my first, and then he crashes. Like he throws the shield. Yeah. And yeah. he crashes in. Yeah. Like, what an end. That's a hero entrance. Yeah. And I really like the moment where he uh, he saved the one civilian by putting his wings around him and then and putting the shield over their oh, heads. Oh, when the helicopter. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was amazing. By the way, the whole yeah. helicopter rescue was phenomenal. Y using Red Wing, yeah. Yeah. That was something that you'd expect to see in a movie theater, but you saw it on your yeah. TV screen. 
I also like the uh, the the fight with Batrock, and Batrock says, you know, I wonder what I can get for bringing in your new, your new bird costume. Yeah. And and Sam, you know, in, in typical Marvel fashion, he's like, how about some French fries and a baguette? Wait, which I which I laugh because I would have said the same thing. And you know, you know me, George Saint Pierre is I got nothing against him, talented fighter, but he's he's French Canadian, probably likes the Montreal Canadiens, and for that <laughs> and for that reason, he should be brandished the villain. I'm sorry, because yeah. if the, if your life choice is to be a Montreal Canadiens fan, you've made the wrong choice. <laughs> oh, but that's a different podcast, uh, of course. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So a couple of revelations in this. One is that we see Carly has now become the most dangerous kind of villain. It's not about it's not about wealth any you know it's not about wealth. It's not about power. It's not even about just pr- proving a point. She's ready to die yeah. for her cause. Yeah, and she has no qualms about killing others either. And, and, this, and that's what I'm saying is she is so convinced that she's right that it doesn't matter what yeah. else happens as long as she achieves her goal. Absolutely. So I know a lot of people question that they they thought that the character was a little half baked, half baked along the way, but it definitely landed in the yeah, place character, that they well, wanted. Character progression over the episodes, she got yes. more. Yeah. Yes. And interestingly enough, uh, Sharon Carter turns out to be the power broker. That was shocking. Yeah. You know, I said last week that Emily Van Camp. On the list, um, but I'm just going to come right out and say it, Donnie, and, and ask the question: Do you think this Sharon Carter that we're seeing is a scroll? You know, I've heard that that theory online, and I think it's a possibility. It's, and I don't think it's a cop out if she is. I think, I mean, no, it goes along with the storyline of the score of the of the Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. She's definitely acting very different, so it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if this turns out to be a scroll. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so uh, very and, and by the way, she also kills Batrock. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Carly is also killed. Yeah. Hang up on truck Canadians, fan. Dangerous business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it, you know, it's really interesting as. Uh, um, Another revelation here, and and I didn't think this would happen this soon. Yeah. You know, Walker is bent on trying to kill Carly for killing, uh, you know, Lamar Hoskins, Battlestar, yeah. and there's a moment where he's chasing her, and um, there's like an F, what was it, like an FBI van full of people that's yeah. ready to fall off of this ledge. And he makes the heroic decision to yeah. stop going after her and to try to stop it. Yeah, there is. It was kind of weird because when he calls out her name and you don't really see him. Yeah. But you see the she. I'm like, wait a minute, is that Sam? And then it pans up and I'm like, no, no, it's this jackass. <laughs> and, 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 and so I'm like, this isn't going to end well. But then when he makes the decision, I'm like, wow, there is some good in this guy still. Yeah. Well, you know, in the comics... U.S. agent does eventually become a hero, right? Which but I, 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 I wasn't necessarily expecting it to happen within uh, the span of six episodes. Well, but, so. I, but I will say though that there is there is still some kind of mixed emotions in him because if he's working for what's her what's her name Val Val, yeah. Val yeah if he's working for Elaine I'm just gonna call her Elaine and <laughs> people get on board and they oh I don't care but he's working for Elaine uh, uh, you know there's clearly some some. He's not 
he's not fully reformed yet. I still think he's got a ways to go before he gets there. I think maybe he will at some point, but no, you definitely make a good point. And and I could you know see obviously the Dark Avengers making yeah. some morally questionable decisions yeah. within the MCU. Yeah. So. so, but uh, yeah, Carly is eventually killed and you see a lot of great acting out of Sam here. He has a lot of compassion for her. Yeah. Um, you know, just the acting here. First of all, I mean, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, just amazing actors. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, again, this last episode was really powerful. After it all goes down with the Flag Smashers, after they're stopped, we see an incredible scene where Sam goes back to Isaiah Bradley. And before, we, before, go ahead, go ahead. Before we before we move forward, yeah. I just got a comment on when Sam gets involved with saving the truck. The, the truck. Go ahead. Right. I've heard a lot, a lot of complaints. Well, that's that's unrealistic. Hold on a second. For the fans that think that's unrealistic. Don't lie, because I know, I know, I know, I know this probably to be a fact. When Iron Man got hit by a moon <laughs> in Endgame, you all cheered like it was like it was the best thing since the, the dawn of time. And now you're saying this is unrealistic. I call BS. Right. Listen, we're in a we're in a world where a guy with a hammer, you know, a demigod with a hammer. We've got a guy that turns green. Like, like he doesn't fit his pants anymore. Uh, a guy that shoots webbing out of his hands. Uh, what am I? What did I miss? Um, you know, uh, you name it, we got it in this universe. And you people are going to nitpick over over Sam Wilson pushing up a, a truck. Yeah, like, he's got a jetpack. He's got a jetpack for God's sake behind right. him. But yeah, made out. And again, you know, uh, uh, well, yeah, an, out, an outfit that is. Made out of vibranium. I mean, so when Wolverine comes in, when when they recast Wolverine in the MCU and the claws pop, are people going to sit there and say, "Well, oh, that's unrealistic"? Stop with the BS. Right. <laughs> it's a comic book show, for God's sake. Yeah. So, but back to what I was saying is, you oh, see yeah. this moment where Sam has ensured that Isaiah Bradley's that there there's a wing that's been added to like Captain America's. I love um, that. I love that. Yeah, that 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 display, and he says, "Now nobody will ever forget what you did for this yeah. country." Between that and the speech he has with the senator or whoever the guy is, yeah, on TV, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That look, I'm you know, you could people can see. Look, 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 I'm I'm whiter than Wonder Bread. Okay, <laughs> like I give the Stay Puft ghost, you know. Uh, like, the, 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 the no ghost in the ghost logo for Ghostbusters. I run for the how white I am. I had a couple of tears trickling down my face when, when that speech was going on. Yeah. Like, that was powerful. Yeah. It is so reflective of the world we live in today. And this goes beyond the U.S. Racism is in, and, and maltreatment of, of other cultures is in Canada. It's all over the world, so it's not just a U.S. problem. And if that speech doesn't hit you in some way, shape, or form, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Right. That is so powerful and emotional resonant, and so profound for today. What we're what we're going through today. I just I mean, again, you 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 want to sit here and tell me that the MCU doesn't have stakes? I call BS on that too. Yeah. 
that was, it, you know, it was incredibly powerful because it addressed the fact that, you know, people process events differently and you can't automatically assume that the way you view things is going to make you the good guy. Yeah. And he was like, you know, we have to start seeing things from different points of view, which is, again, what America is about. You know, America is whether you want to use the melting pot or the stew analogy, lots of different cultures coming together and yeah. learning how to coexist. And that's what I think Sam was trying to convey here. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It was just it was so powerful on so many levels because yeah. it's talking about the, the issue of racism that we have in the world. But it's also urging coming together. Mm-hmm. And in a time where we've all had to be in, in, you know, apart from each other, that is a rousing, uplifting message that I think goes beyond just race or the issue of race. And, and uh, it really impacted me. So well done. No, I, I, again, I mean, this, this was the big payoff in, in just about every way. Um, you know, I, I didn't like how obviously how Baron Zemo's story ended. Obviously, you know, we see that uh, Zemo is. Yeah, you, you still have gripes with that, but. but right. Yeah. But, I, you know, I'm even going to overlook that. It, it does seem that he, uh, he had a hand in killing some of the uh, remaining flag smashers. Right. So maybe he's um, on the way to that villainy. There's it could still be. a chance, yeah. It could be. Um, I would still love to see the Masters of Evil. Donnie's going to pay somebody to disfigure his face in the raft. You can see (laughs) Donnie's going to be sort of Kickstarter. Somebody disfigure his face. (laughs) I'm not that mean. Um, But um, Uh, maybe the fictional characters. Maybe I am. Yeah, 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 not the real actor, but the you know, right? The the, the MCU version of you will pay somebody to. uh, Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There we go. but the 616 version of you or whatever, yeah. Um, but um, I call myself the face smasher. Yeah, so there you go. So we're gonna, we'll, rate, we'll rate the episode and then we'll talk about our, our news bit that, that I thought we'd save because it ties into what happened in the series. Yeah. So out of five, what did you think of the episode? And then give, uh, a, letter, give a letter grade for the whole series. How about that? Uh, I'm going to give... Uh, again, I'm going to give this episode a five. As far as the series, I'm going to give it an A minus only because, again, I had high hopes for Zemo, and, and I should say too, the um, uh, Nori, the 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 uh, resolution with Bucky and Nori, I thought was a little rushed in this episode. Okay, okay. Because you, you learn, you know, that he um, that he uh, you know he killed his son, and yeah. he he goes to him and says, uh, you know. Um, I'm the one who did it. And then you see him in a bar and it, it just kind of felt a little rushed. Like, yeah. Oh, we forgot. We got to put this in here. So, yeah. 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 But I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the, the entire series an a minus. So, okay. so the episode for five. me is a five mm-hmm. as well. And the series as a whole is an A. Uh, look, I think that to me, the captain America corner of the MCU is on par in quality for me with the Dark Knight trilogy. Wow. For me to say that, everybody knows that Batman is 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 my boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been my boy since I was six years old. So for me to say that, 
I hope that means something. Um, if my opinion means anything, which, you know, for most people it doesn't. But anyway, for the five people that listen to the show, go for it. Um, <laughs> By but, the way, I need to correct myself. His name was not Nori. It was Yori. Yori Nakajima. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and so uh, that's that's how highly I regard the, 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 the Captain America corner of the MCU. And again, the MCU made me a fan of this character. Before, I just thought he was rah-rah America and I'm wearing the flag and blah, blah, blah. But, you mean you mean Steve or Sam? Well, Steve, Steve, and then you know Sam came later. But it's because of these movies that I'm a fan of Captain America and his his world, his his corner of the world. So kudos to the MCU for doing that. Um, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I want to pray. You know, if I can praise Captain America's trilogy, if you want to call it that. It was the only one that I thought got better each time, from the first Avenger to the yeah. Soldier, whereas by whereas by yeah, whereas by Iron Man three, I was like, mm. I mean, I still like Iron Man one to three, but there are parts in each where I'm like, Ugh. like right. two and three is like, I wish he hadn't, I wish he hadn't done this in two, and I definitely wish he hadn't done this in three. They're still good, yeah. but they're not, you know, a yeah. plus a or a minus a a plus. Like whereas Captain America's whole story, I think, just keeps getting better and better. Right. So I am overjoyed by the fact that as we end, we'll talk about the news that Which there is? is a Captain America 4 in development at Marvel Studios. And it is going to be brought to us by the uh, showrunner of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, he's going to write, co-write with one of the staff writers. He's going to write this next event, adventure. Now, the, the article doesn't say whether... By, and by the way, this is coming from The Hollywood Reporter. It's not coming from Cosmic Book News. It's not coming from We Got Discovered or Geekosity or any of the bull <laughs> garbage. Uh, those kind of sites. The toilet paper of online media. It's coming from a legitimate place. And so it doesn't give us... You know, They say a director hasn't been chosen. Cast hasn't been finalized. But they speculate that Captain America, that this will, uh, given who's involved, it's going to continue the adventures of Sam Wilson as Captain America. And I think that's a smart move. Now, it yeah. also says something interesting, Donnie. That it said this project is separate from the project featuring Steve Rogers that will bring that will bring Chris Evans, that will reportedly bring Chris Evans back in the fold. Now, mm -hmm. I know the deadline broke the story that he was coming back, and then Kevin Feige and Chris Evans both did the standard, oh, it's news to me, or it's not happening. When, when, when a Hollywood trade breaks that, and then a studio follows up with, well, that's not true, or <laughs> I, I don't know, that's, come on, that's standard operating procedure. Yeah, right. So now, my question to you is, I believe that at some point, Chris Evans will return. Mm -hmm. Do you think the options will be an appearance in Captain America 4 as old Steve Rogers? You know, in, in the or, column... Go ahead, or sorry. Could it be, or could it be... Or could it be both? Could it be a scenario where we get both? Or could it be... A series, a, a limited series on Disney Plus, telling an adventure during the World War II era because there's still fertile ground there. Oh so yes. What yes. do you, what do you, what do you think? It could be either one. I really, 
I just want to point out that in the comics, Steve got the serum temporarily sucked out of him by the yeah, iron nail, which yeah. is how Sam becomes Captain America. We could see something like that where old man Steve is kind of a an advisor to the Avengers. Yeah. At the same time, we could also get like what you're talking about, a limited series on Disney Plus, um, you know, reviewing some kind of adventure that Captain America had during World War II or right after uh, I say do both. Something like that. So yeah. And bring back Joe Johnston because freaking I love the Rocketeer. And Captain America, the first <laughs> Avenger, was great too. So yeah. yeah, I say do both. That's my, that's me being, that's me being a fan and wanting it all. Having said that, I'm not going to go underneath every post that Disney posts and write, you know, hashtag, yeah. uh, bring back World War II, Steve Rogers, or <laughs> hashtag, uh, make the old man Cap movie. I'm not going to do any of that garbage. I'm just saying, right. if you're going to give me something, I'd take both. That's my just my thing. Yeah. That's as far as I'll take it. Right. But with all that greatness out of the way, that brings back brings this episode of the Marvel Masterworks podcast to a close. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Marvel coming, both on screen and in comics. And if you want to talk more Marvel with either me or Donnie, don't be afraid to. We encourage the conversation. Yes. Uh, and you can do that on social media. So Donnie, if they want to continue the Marvel talk, where can they do that? You can find me on social media. You can find me on Twitter as the Emerald Enthusiast. You can come hit me up with any question. Let's talk TV. Let's talk movies. Let's talk comics. Let's talk uh, Captain America. Let's talk Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Or let's talk Green Lantern. Sounds good. And if you want to talk to me, you can do so at Adam underscore Lee's fan on Twitter. You can also find the Podcast Vidcast Network Twitter at MMNPDC. That's strictly more where we post the episodes. I mean, mm -hmm. there hasn't been any talk really on there. You can talk to me on there and I'll answer by all means. Um, and then if Facebook is more your style, we do have a Facebook uh, group. Uh, the link is below. Click it. I will add you. I've got to make Donnie an administrator so he can add people too. I've yet to do that because of forgetfulness and laziness i will at some point uh, but but follow us there we'll i'll add you we'll add you and we continue the conversation there as well but until next episode remember that and i think i could say this now it's appropriate captain america and the winter soldier are forever from the first time either of them picks up the shield to the last so long everybody so long everyone <laughs>